It was a dark and stormy night. The rain fell in torrents, except at occasional intervals, when it was checked by a violent gust of wind which swept up the streets, rattling along the housetops and fiercely agitating the scanty flames of the lamps that struggled against the darkness. It's the Going On Podcast with Rap Critic and Muse. Yo, Muse, how you doing? I am doing okay, I guess. I'd like to be able to report better, but I'm a little under the weather, and I have no idea what the fuck that intro was. So it's like cloudy today, and last time, last week when we did the podcast, it was raining, mm-hmm. and I, I was like, I, I was afraid that people might hear the rain because it was so freaking loud, Oh, so I just wanted to say this poem, which is from like, you know, like Snoopy always says, like, you know, he starts his, uh, he starts his books with, it was a dark and stormy night, you know? And I was like, wait, where, where did that come from? Like, is that from something? Uh, it's from uh, um, Edward Bulwer-Lytton. Oh. Uh, from his novel, Paul Clifford. I have never fucking heard of this shit before. <laughs> no, that's really funny because, like, I've heard that forever, but I never actually stopped to wonder where it was from. I just kind of thought it was some trope. Oh, oh, the phrase had been earlier used by Washington Irving in his 1809 A History of New York. Oh, but its okay. status as a catchphrase for bad writing comes from the opening sentence of Bulwer Lytton's novel. Oh, I was like, <laughs> it's a catchphrase for bad writing. Oh my god, that's <laughs> terrible. That sucks for that dude. It says Writer's Digest describes this sentence as the literary poster child for bad story starters. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Man, that's mean! You know, and that's <laughs> only because a lot of people probably did it. Like, that's really no fault of his own. It's not that bad of an opening. <laughs> the phrase is considered to represent the archetypal example of a florid, melodramatic style of fiction writing. That's like the fucking dude who created Pepe, you know? Like, he had no control <laughs> over what the hell eventually happened to it. But... <laughs> Forever, his name is going to be attached to it as the creator, so people are going to look back at it and be like, oh, what the hell was he thinking? But it's like, dude, I had <laughs> nothing to do with that shit. How was I supposed to assume that was going to happen? <laughs> and, and again, because no one ever follows up or checks the, uh, no one ever checks the follow-up, so no one's going to know that he made a cartoon where he legitimately, like, killed him off and sent him to hell to, like, wash his hands of the character. People aren't going to remember that shit. Speaking of the alt-right and depictions of Trump, because I've seen depictions of Trump as Pepe the Frog, um, I, th- I don't think we can't talk about the Kathy Griffin artistic expression holding up a decapitated Donald Trump head uh, completely soaked in blood. And the video is called, um, He Was Bleeding From His Eyes, His Ears, From Wherever. So, you can't even look at that and be like, well, you know, maybe she didn't mean not she meant. You know, there's no, let's split hairs about this, you know, it might be Trump. Like, no, 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 the, the point is that it is. And I just wonder exactly what she wanted to, uh, to achieve. Like, what was the next step? Because you know there's going to be backlash, but did she actually think that people would, like, defend her? Because even Chelsea Clinton went on Twitter and was like, this is disgusting, this is no way to joke about a president or, like, a presidential candidate or whatever. Like, she's probably going to get blacklisted for this. She's probably going to get fired from CNN. She does that fucking New Year's thing with Anderson Cooper. I know Anderson Cooper isn't going to fucking agree with this. We saw 
decapitated Hillary heads and Obama heads at rallies. Nowhere did we see a conservative celebrity, not even the likes of, like, Ted Nugent, did we see him posing with a fucking decapitated bloody Hillary head. Calling half the voters deplorables? Did that work out? No! This is gonna have the exact same effect, and I said it on Twitter. Any Democrat that loses in their next election, Kathy Griffin and Tyler, whoever the fuck, share some of the blame, because nobody is gonna look at this and think like, and have a good sense of humor about it. It's gonna fuel them to go out and vote out of resentment. You can guarantee that some asshole meme, Macross, whatever the fuck, maker out there is gonna use this and be like, see, this is what the Democrats and the liberals, uh, so much for the tolerant left, am I right? I'm glad you said it. I was just about to. It's gonna be on the homepage of Breitbart, front page of Judge, of, uh, I almost said Judge, uh, Judge Dredd, the, uh, Drudge Report. <laughs> Just Dredd. <laughs> I always almost fucking say that shit. I always forget. It's Matt Drudge and Judge Dredd. You can see how I can fuck that up, though. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to see what, what is she actually doing. So, one, I captioned this. There was blood coming out of his ears, blood coming out of his wherever. Which is a direct reference to, I forget who the reporter was, Megan Kelly, I want to say. Yeah, when he said, oh, she she had blood coming out of her eyes, coming out of her ears. Uh, you know, her whatever, which was taken as, like, a period joke, which I honestly don't even think he's clever enough to have crafted. I think he just lost steam and didn't know where he was going. But you could say that maybe it was kind of like a, a a subtle, not subtle, but like a, a subconscious thing. R right, yeah, that's very possible. All right, all right, I'm going to watch it, I'm going to watch it, just to just give her the benefit of the doubt, right? All right, so what is it? She looks straight into the camera and holds up the bloody head of Trump to R rising music. He had blood coming out of his eyes, coming out of his ears, his whatever. I don't think there was any mention of beheading. No. <laughs> With the original quote. Nah, there's nothing witty about this. Yeah, this, this kind of comes out the wrong way, bro. Like, I don't even know what you're trying to say. Like, we're going to get him by beheading him? Like, what is the message? Yeah, all this does is pervert what the resistance is trying to put across, and this is what people are going to fucking point towards. That's all they're going to fucking reference between now and the fucking next elections. Because this is privileged, rich people yeah. saying, hee hee, everyone's talking about how bad the president is, <laughs> I want to make a statement, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, ooh, I'm going to be so shocking and innovating. I'm going to hold up a head of, of de decapitated president because I don't actually take this seriously. You know, I'm rich. None of, the, none of his policies are actually going to affect me, but I want to look cool by saying, oh, look how against this guy I am, you know? This is PewDiePie all over again. Mm. Not realizing, like, he knows he's going a bit far and he knows he's edgy and it's, it's very try-hardy, but at the end of the day, yeah, like... He's trying, she's trying to play it off like a joke. And I can't even say, hey, well, you know, maybe she doesn't know any better. She's been a professional comedian for decades. Like, this isn't your average schmuck with a fucking Pepe the Frog logo or fucking American flag bald eagle bullshit as their default thing on Twitter. This is someone who's been doing comedy since the goddamn 80s. Doesn't have enough sense to figure, hey, you know what? Maybe this isn't funny at all. I, I don't fucking know, dude. She campaigned with Hillary also. And now you got Hillary's oh, own daughter wow, being... that doesn't help. That does not. No. Now you've got fucking Chelsea coming out and being like, uh, you know. Now she's not even going to be welcome back there. 
you know, if it actually does come down to Hillary trying to run again, you know, I'm just saying that, I'm just putting no, that out that there. No, that shit ain't happening. That shit is not happening, bro. Like, after all that shit, after all the shit that a female candidate for president is has to go through, she ain't doing that t- shit twice. I, excuse me, three times. Excuse me. <laughs> I'd like to think not, but honestly... Amongst a lot of big names, her name still comes up as a possible uh, candidate. The big three that they keep pushing are uh, uh, Anthony Cuomo, or Andrew Cuomo? I think it's Andrew Cuomo, out of uh, New York. Uh, Cory Booker and Hillary are like the big three that they're already talking about now, like three years out. God damn, maybe they just need to make another fucking party, Jesus. They, I swear, dude, I tweeted the day Hillary announced that she picked uh, Tim Kaine to be the vice president. They don't want to win. They just don't want to win. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like Trump. You could tell Trump didn't want to win. But he was such a yeah. dummy that he kept saying shit that resonated with people. And ended up winning. Like, it literally was like the producers of presidential elections. Absolutely, dude. Down to a T, ironically. <laughs> I get it. What the fuck was going on where I had to put my computer on the screen? Oh, God damn. I'm trying to remember what the fuck this was. Because, okay, there was basically something where I needed to, I wanted to project my computer onto the screen, right? Oh, okay. The, the screen. You know how you can, like, uh, 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 connect your thing and it'll show the computer screen on the on the TV and shit? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was at my friend's house in Wilmington. So, okay. like, uh, so I'm, I'm connecting the thing. And one of my friends goes like, yeah, you know what's the worst thing about doing this? Uh, especially with, like, fucking Firefox. Like, when you open a new tab, it gives you all these options of, these are the tabs that you normally open. Oh. And, <laughs> and some of those tabs are not tabs that you'd want other people to see. <laughs> now, you, you got a pregame. You got to think that one ahead. <laughs> oh, so you just no. got to be like, hey, could you, like, not look at the screen for a few seconds? <laughs> Now, um, I have to, uh, divert your attention over to this, but, um, what's that? Anyway, uh... <laughs> oh, what are you talking about? What? I don't look up clown porn. That's just, that just, I, it, it keeps accidentally searching that. I don't know, I, like the C button is stuck or something. <laughs> is there clown porn? Is that, you know yeah. what? I'm not, why am I even, like, asking? There absolutely why is. Am I, why am I honestly asking if there is actually cloud porn? I know there is. Rule 34 dictates that there is a point of everything. Uh, oh, 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 that's kind of hot. <laughs> There's always at least one, huh? Where it's like, eh, I can see where we're going with that. But, mm. oh, you just looked up what we were talking about. Yeah, what do you think I looked up? I thought you were trying to think of something creative, like something else. No, I just searched clown porn. <clears throat> you know, I could have told you that, yeah, that's actually, yeah, I've seen that. Like, there's like one hot chicken clown makeup is like, oh, okay, all right, I can see. And then everything else is, oh, no, I do not like this. You know, what's really funny about that, um, about that actress in particular. Uh, I saw a clip of her at some convention, and it was after some tragedy, I want to. I want to say it was something along the lines of Katrina, maybe. Um, and she was basically saying like, "Hey, all you fathers out there who who lost their children in the tragedy, uh, come over and I'll make you feel better." It's like, oh no, this is not. Oh uh, yeah. No. <laughs> Don't even fucking 
A, don't capitalize on that. B, don't even fucking get hopes up for that shit. Yeah, I, I've seen so many clips of people just not thinking. Just saying the dumbest fucking shit. Because I'm sure it- I'm sure it got someone off, but... It's- no. And I don't know exactly how your reputation is tarnished in the adult industry. Like, what can you say or do that people are like, uh, nope, not looking for their shit ever again. Like, I'm sure people- I'm sure she's still pretty popular. And then the chick who said, I'll blow you if you're, like, a victim of, like, some Sandy Hook shooting or some shit? That was it! The Sandy Hook shooting! Yeah! Yeah, that- that- that's a hard gig to book. <laughs> like, there is no... Make-A-Wish prostitution. You know, I don't think that I don't think that works like that. Uh, Chris Rock, I remember he said like uh, said all these Make a Wish things. It's like, how about you? I don't know. Uh, give the kid a table dance or some shit. Like you know he's gonna die. <laughs> it's like, what? Hey, little Jimmy, you you're about to die in three weeks. Like, what do you want? Uh, do you want to meet Jim Carrey? He's like, no, nah, I want some titties in my face. True Carrey. <laughs> it's my last wish, man. Come on. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, Timmy, you can come on down. It's like, no, fuck that. <laughs> What do you think I am? Some fucking 70-year-old woman that I'm going to mark out for fucking Drew Carey? There was one radio show that called up, uh, oh man, what's her name? She's like stereotypical actress who, uh, who's busty. It was uh, Raquel Welsh. I'm pretty sure a rapper has mentioned her before. I'm pretty sure they and have. I think it's really funny. Like, a lot of the time, whenever there's something I don't know or is on the tip of my tongue, a lot of times I'll go like, I think a rapper mentioned him once. <laughs> there's a good chance that Biggie mentioned her in that song where he's just like, you know, kind of scary, Mariah Carey, when he's like, listing off people. Oh, uh, yeah. It might have been in that. <laughs> I don't think anyone was safe in that song. No. <laughs> Biggie was going to fuck everybody. That song was basically what, um, I wish that I could fuck every girl in the world by Young Money done right. Yeah, but he was very specific. <laughs> yeah, and at least that song was funny. I love how the song is called Just Plan. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, you know, I just want you to know ahead of time, don't take this seriously. <laughs> I do not want people to think that, you know, I'm interested in every single one of these people, even though there's a good chance I'm interested in every single one of these people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, I'm not actually going to do anything about it, but I do want to put it in a song that I want to fuck all of you. <laughs> yeah, that is not what I thought you were going to say after you said put in. When oh, you said, I'm still going to put it ah, in. Ah, ah, no! <laughs> Dude, holy shit. This fucking line, I'll put Shantae Moore's pussy in stitches, but I'll, I'll fuck RuPaul before I fuck any of them ugly-ass ex-skate bitches. Wow! Holy fuck. Didn't even make the song where he was talking about fucking everybody else. Oh you were on the God. fucking Billboard bubbling under list. Where you're like 101. Hold on a second. This is the fucking line. He says... You can 76 to 69, try 68, make Raven Simone call date rape. Oh, no. Uh, Biggie. She was like seven. Yeah. Oh, In like Biggie. 94. That, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> Dude, if I had my worst, like, lyrics of the year list in the 90s. Oh, yeah. That shouldn't be on there. 
dude, but you know what? what? He's just playing. Dude, okay. You know, it's weird. Like, the line before doesn't even make sense. What does he say? He says, okay, you can 76 the 69, try 68? Yeah, I was trying to think that. Uh, like, what the fuck? What the fuck does that mean? Maybe that... Is that, like, cop lingo? Like a 76? Or... Ugh. Wait, I thought 86 was the meaning of, like... Because they're saying 76 is slang, meaning to, like, nix. Like, nix the clothes. Oh, you know, that's like, what I was thinking of. 86. But, okay, assuming that he meant to say 86. He very well might have. This is a time before the internet, also, so he couldn't really look yes, that it. up. <laughs> You know what's funny? Like, back then, like, rappers made a lot of mistakes, but, like, I think you should be able to, like, forgive it, because, first of all, they have to write a lot of lyrics. <laughs> Dude, that needs to be and, a fucking countdown of, like, times that they tried to make a reference, but, like, they referenced the wrong person or something because they didn't know who did yeah, a specific yeah. song. That'd be really funny. I'm sure there's enough to fill a countdown. <laughs> you know, something like that just fucking recently happened with our boy, uh, Lil Yachty. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So many people have been sending me that goddamn uh, 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 genius annotation. Let me be clear. I, this isn't my fault. The fucking A&R didn't tell me that there was a problem with this. He heard the song at least ten times. And it just goes to show what I fucking had a hunch on all along. These A&R people, they don't really give a shit about these artists. No, no, no. They don't no, want to no. make sure they're making the best music. They're just like, sure, sounds good. It's fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? If they're even listening at all, they're probably half listening. You can 76 to 69, try 68. What is 68? And then uh, I looked up the genus annotation. You know, this oh. is what someone's best guess is. It says, you can forget about doing a 69, which is a sexual position that both are licking on each other's genitals. Biggie is saying you can just suck his dick. No. How? No. How is that? That doesn't work. No. A 68 doesn't look like somebody just sucking a dick. That's not how it works. <laughs> yeah. That that would be a fucking 30, what, 34.5. Did I just do some really bad math there? Wait, are you saying that you're only getting half? Yeah, yeah. Of the res oh, okay, I see what you mean. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't pulling that fucking, uh, what's the square root of 69? Uh, it's like 8-something... Uh, but what does that have to do with anything? Like, goddamn, that was bad. I like how he's, uh, like, almost like how this was just plain. He poses it like, hey, you know, what's that number? You know, I'm just saying, though. Yeah, he says the square root of 69 is like... Eight something. Eight something, because I've been trying to work it out. Uh, <laughs> like, he, like, basically gives up halfway through the line. Like, you don't have a goddamn calculator on your phone, Drake. Stop. <laughs> Who's doing math in their brain besides me right now? You reminded me, um, I posted this on Twitter. I heard one of our radio stations around here, well, two of them, actually, both hit stations do this, where they play throwback songs on Friday as like a, woo, you know, we're not playing our normal stuff for the next half hour because it's the weekend and we can party because you're at work and all that shit or driving into work, depending. And one station played... Just Lose It by uh, Eminem. And I was so amazed in hindsight that there was a point in time where a song that openly made fun of molesting children got wide radio play. Yeah. I, I, I done touched on everything but little boys. Not censored. None of it was. I was just like, wow. 
No, I remember hating that song. I didn't mind it. I gotta say, I think it's really catchy. Really? I think it's oh really catchy. Oh my god, are you fucking serious? I mean, oh, I... Oh, 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 that's catchy to you? Not Man, that you part. you must have really been into Pee Wee, huh? No, but it's like the... I like that. No, that beat sounded like they were trying to recreate the real Slim Shady, but all the instruments fucking broke, like I said in the episode when I first reviewed it. <laughs> I, see, I, it's catchy. I'm not trying to defend it and say it's a good song, lyric-wise, at all. I just think it's got a fun beat. It's fun, but yeah, it's bad. It's not one of his best at all. That is not fun. God damn it, that is not fun. Did we put that on our list or no? Yeah, we did. No, I probably protested at the time, too. <laughs> I, I, I imagine I would have. No, but they uh, they followed it up with uh, Don't Trust a Ho by uh, 303. They, A, didn't censor out Ho, which I was amazed by, because when it was in heavy rotation, they did. And B, uh. again, it was like, wow, we had a song in heavy rotation that said, do the Helen Keller and talk with your hips, because she can't speak, even though she could later in life. Yeah, first of all, yeah, she wasn't... She learned. She wasn't a mute. Yeah. She was just deaf. She figured it out later, guys. You know, that's not even the big point because it's not like she was a belly dancer or some shit. Right, that's true. <laughs> she didn't communicate Morse code through belly dancing. Oh, yeah, I remember fucking Paris Hilton was in the video. I think that was the moment that I knew, uh, uh, what's his name had sold out, Eminem had sold out. Man, I forgot Paris Hilton was in that. When I saw that fucking Paris Hilton was in the goddamn video, I was like, okay. <laughs> and, and it wasn't someone dressed like Paris Hilton. It was her. No, yeah, exactly. Because usually that's what he does. It it's not when he put his ass on the fucking Backstreet Boys or NSYNC's lips or whatever in Real Slim Shady when it just was people, you know, dressed up like them. Nah, he actually went out, got Paris Hilton, and she was like, yeah, sure, I have good humor about this. And... Fucking went along with it. If he was really taking shots at people, <laughs> you know, I, I doubt Britney Spears would appear in any of his fucking videos. Oh, no. Especially since she's been a fucking target in his shit before. Yeah, like multiple times. Yeah. Unnecessarily so, too. Like, <laughs> it's like, what the fuck did she do? <laughs> yeah. I thought that was always weird. But Paris Hilton, specifically, like, vapid as fuck, not famous for anything. Eminem, that's a clear target to make fun of. Like, and I would be totally behind you if you did that shit. And then, no, I just want to have her in the video. derp a derp Like, he didn't even make a joke about her. It was just, she was in the video and she punches him at the end of the verse or something like that. I was just going to say, wasn't she being made fun of in the We Made You video, but I forgot that was supposed to be Jessica Simpson. Yeah, and that was like five years later. Yeah, yeah. But I remembered that... I thought there was a shot in the video that was talking or making fun of the Paris Hilton, uh, Hardee's ad. Did they do that in that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. They didn't get her for that. Or did they? I don't remember, actually. No, they didn't. Oh, okay. You know, he says, could you punch me in the stomach and pull my hair? And she punches him in the stomach and slaps him. How could that not be, like, that could have just been any random woman. I guess because she was the it girl at the time. I guess. Yeah, it's like, why does it matter that this is Paris Hilton doing this? Like, it doesn't make sense, you know? You know what's funnier to me is that Paris Hilton agreed to be in that video when she was the fucking it girl, right? But five years later, when she's being mocked in the Without You video, she had considerably less going on and probably should have been like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Why would you ask someone to gou gouge your eyes out and punch you in the stomach and pull your hair? 
Because you fucking like pain. You, you, you fucking get off on pain. That's an obvious one. Gouge your eyes out? Yeah. Sure. That means to rip out someone's eyes. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, that's a fetish you can only do once, maybe twice. There is a fucking... I forgot where I heard it. There was a story where someone hired or paid somebody on Craigslist to kill and eat them because it was a fetish of theirs. What? How can you get off on that? That can't be true. I don't know, man. You literally can't. What? No. No. There, at the very end, like at the last second, uh, there had to have been some remorse. Like, oh, I don't want this. Uh, well, it's fucking like, too late Frank at that Ferdinand point. Was like, wait a minute, I think I'm... <laughs> you know, I might have been a little too irrational. <laughs> like, nope, I already paid me. Oh my god, I'm just like really angry over this like 10 seconds of this fucking video. Which one? Are you, are you still <laughs> looking reliving at... reliving how angry I was at it. Which one, the Kathy Griffin one or the Eminem one? No, the fucking just lose it, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. I, I I picture that you have a wall of screens behind you like Wolf Blitzer, and they're all showing different things. <laughs> like, there's the fucking Kathy Griffin thing on a loop, and then there's the Eminem video on another one. And then it goes so quickly into the, what's your name, girl? What's your sign? And then Dr. Dre going, man, you must be about your mind. It's like, I'll put it to you like this. The first couple of singles with Eminem and Dr. Dre was fucking... You know, I tied up uh, Dr. Dre and he's in my fucking basement. Like, that's, whoa, that's crazy. The guy who produces for you, ah, you're doing all this crazy shit to him. But this is like, I accidentally hit on Dr. Dre. In one song, I'll I'll accidentally hit on Dr. Dre. And then in another song, two weeks in a row, referencing the same goddamn song, I'm asking him if touching another man's ass playing football is gay. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. Those fucking Dre samples. Yeah. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was so weird. Like, it was just in the background like that. Hey, Dre, yeah. Is it gay? Yeah. Like, he says yeah before he Wait, even tells him. what song was that again? What? What song was that again? Oh, my God. Uh, fuck. I think that was the, uh... Is it, is it Big Weenie? No. That was the one where it was like, uh... I killed Superman with the, with the <laughs> Lex Luthor magnet on my refrigerator and the Darth Vader... What was that song? Oh, God. I ain't got no legs or oh. no brain. <laughs> nice to meet you. I forgot my name. What was that? Fuck. Uh, I'm looking that up now. Oh, fucking Rain Man. Rain Man. That's right. Because he's... God, it was the stupidest fucking shit ever. He even does like, the, like, definitely, the definitely dope. Like, he even does a Rain Man impression. Uh, uh. Yeah, I remember this. It was the Eminem show, and then the 8 Mile album came out, like, right around the same time. Yeah. So, like, that was just, like, just a great year. 2002 was just a fantastic year for him. Right after that was Just Lose It. And it was just like, man, I have just never seen such a fall from grace. Like, it was kind of ridiculous. That's rough. Like, like part of my brain still thinks that there was just some sort of parody that was supposed to be happening. And it just didn't work out the way he wanted it to. You know, I know I bring them up pretty frequently, but I've been reading a biography lately. Uh, The Beatles in 67 when they released Sgt. Pepper, and it's an album that so many news outlets and magazines still call, like, the best album of all time. And it was, like, so revolutionary for the time. They follow it up almost immediately with a made-for-TV movie that everyone, like, all the newspapers were like, this is garbage. 
And it was just like, that was such a step down in quality that I don't think anyone expected. Like, it was just this weird avant-garde thing that, because they were all big, big into, like, psychedelics and shit, it all had crazy colors, but it ended up airing in black and white, so no one could really tell what was going on. <laughs> on Devil's Night, you remember that? That was D12's yeah, album? Yeah, uh-huh. In the song Pistol Pistol, con artist's line, some semi-automatic for static... For statics, the motto "spitting like Columbine kids from Colorado" wow. was censored with with the phrase "Columbine kids" removed and replaced with the sound of kids screaming. I remember that, dude. That's two years after it happened. Yeah. Wow. Motherfuckers were tasteless. Like God. Jesus. Yeah. Like nowadays, people are doing it, and that fucking it's getting airplay. The, like they leave it in. He could have said literally any other thing. About uh, having a semi-automatic that's spitting like something. You know what I mean? That's literally just there for the, the aesthetic of shock value. I think that's but what like, D12's reputation was. That they just kind of, like, it was just shock value. Like, even fucking my yeah. band has shit in there. No, n- not my band. Were, th- fucking Purple Hills. Or Purple Pills. Yeah, yeah. Even that has lines in there they where were, it's like, what? Why? They were basically the precursor for Odd Future. Yeah. Yeah, they really were. <laughs> just, I don't know, just shit. <laughs> it's like, guy. Hey, here's all the shit we had lying around that we don't want to put on our own albums. Yeah. <laughs> Save that shit for that. I got this throwaway verse. I'm kind of proud of it. I want to do something with it. I would say Eminem's verse is actually the least offensive. He's just mainly making fun of it, uh, Vanilla Ice and shit. This room makes me hallucinate, then I sweat till I stop losing weight, until I see dumb shit start happening, dumber than the Vanilla Ice trying to rap again. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I like that part where it could be seen as shock value, but it always made me laugh. The, uh, uh, dance, come on, dance. I said, come on, dance. He's like shooting at people. Yeah, that's kind of funny. That's pretty funny. Like he's shooting at people's feet. That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the next verse where the two guys are talking to each other Kanaev and Con Artist are like uh, fuck that someone help Danan he's upstairs wrestling with Elton John and it's just like uh, okay <laughs> why Why is he wrestling like uh, of course the, the meeting's supposed to be oh he's having gay sex with Elton John but I remember just being a kid and just being like I mean it's weird and random but like <laughs> <laughs> like wrestling someone is like okay you know or uh, tongue wrestling i guess wrestling an elderly english gentleman down to the ground yeah exactly that, that, that's the see what i specifically thought of it was isn't elton john kind of old yeah <laughs> like, you know what i mean yeah like why are you fighting an old guy <laughs> i think he was probably in his 50s at the time you know, like, at first, I, it, that's funny, at first I didn't think, like, oh, gay, I just thought, like, why are you fighting an old guy? <laughs> what did he do to you? <laughs> yeah. But, but then he says, uh, and, and then he says, it's gotta be, well, they said Tums here. It's oh. gotta be Tums, the X-Lax is gone? I don't remember that lyric at all. No, I remember, it's gotta be Acid, because the X is gone. Yeah, 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 that was the line. The original one was Acid, because the X is gone, but this line, too closely related to the illegal drugs. So it was censored. And D12's solution was to point out how dumb it is that you aren't allowed to sing about destroying your brain, but you can sing about destroying your colon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's pretty funny. Okay, so this is a Patreon request from uh, Darian Doster. Uh, okay. Uh, thank you for your contribution. And uh, this is Onomatopoeia by Johnny Five 
plus Yak. Now, some people might know Johnny Five from later on his band with uh, his band uh, Flowbots. Yes. And their their hit song Handlebars, which I used to fucking love, by the way. I never really cared for it myself. Oh, oh man, you a hater, bro. Nah, I mean... You a hater. If, if you want to call me a hater, dude, fucking shit on this album is way better than fucking Handlebars. Dude, I can ride my bike with no handlebars, bro. No handlebars. No handlebars. No handlebars. Shit was deep. Three deep, five me, son. No, but he really does, like, make a lot of really powerful statements on this album. So it's like, what the hell was Flowbots about? I liked uh, that song because it was sort of... Like, hearing that song and then hearing this album... You know, usually what happens when you go back, you know, before, like, an artist got, like, really political or whatever, you you hear a very different style, but it's like, nah, he was always like this. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of my main complaints would be the... It's kind of boring in the delivery and how it's just kind of one note for most of it, but it doesn't really matter because most of what he's saying kind of makes up for it. But I yeah, did... Yeah. I, after a while, I was like, okay... Like, I'm kind of over this rapping like I'm talking type stuff. No, my problem actually with this album is that I feel like he lyrically rambles a lot. Yeah. There doesn't feel like there's a lot of, like, connect. I don't know. It's just a mush mouth delivery. And and the beats don't help because the beats also sound jumbled at a lot of places. What I, what I thought your complaint was going to be because, to me, it kind of reminded me of Logic a little bit and that... Your boy likes to repeat stuff. Uh, yeah, but n- n- not on the same level as Logic. Eh, uh, it was pretty close, to me, I thought. Imitator was the absolute worst. I know he was probably going for some artistic thing, but that doesn't mean I fucking enjoy it. Mm. It's like, it's like, I'm gonna say this, blah, blah, blah. like, he's like, records one word, and then, like, dubs over that word, the next word that he was gonna say, but he doesn't, like... Like, uh, he does it before, you know, after, before the word would actually be said. Uh, so it's like, I'm going to the store. But it would be like, I'm going to store. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. And that got really annoying. But free written, it was like, like, I like his lyrics. Especially on the chorus where he's like, maybe it's just silly of me, but stop nodding your head unless you really agree. Yeah, I thought that <laughs> I was cool. Like that. I was like, because, you know, you go to a concert, you nod your head to the beat, and it's like, no, 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 no. I want you to actually think about what I'm saying. Yeah, I want you to <laughs> fucking pay attention. Yeah. And then when, he's, when he has that sample in there, you know, some people say, some of my best friends are black. He's like, some of my best friends are whack. <laughs> like, he has some cool lyrics, but the problem is, like, the delivery. Like, he's basically Aesop Rock yeah. at this point, but without... The, the 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 ability to to structure his verses really well. The production reminded me a lot of early, well, around this time actually, uh, Aesop Rock, like around the time of like Daylight and shit, Labor Days type era. Aesop it reminded me of that. His delivery a little bit, really the production, but I really enjoyed it, the dude, production. It really does feel like early two thousand one, like underground nerdcore hip hop shit. Oh yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, it has more of a social message than I was expecting. What I liked about the beats was that there were songs that were like, yeah, here's some jazz and uh, some jazz bits. Here's like a rock beat, and none of it sounded kind of forced. Like, I thought that on some of Tech 9s releases where he has, like, rock music going on and it feels like, oh, okay, we needed the rock song or whatever. I thought most of it felt 
kind of genuine on this one. Like, I didn't really think any of it was, like, unbelievable. It all kind of fit. And it's actually interesting hearing him talk about uh, hip-hop from his perspective. Like, oh, what was that one joint? Was it Heads in the Sand? Yeah, we was talking about hip-hop heads, and it's like... Yeah, we was talking about, like, white guys being hip-hop heads and, like, wishing that they were a part of the golden age of hip-hop. I was like, holy shit, he's calling this shit out in 2001. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally can relate, too, because there's plenty of times where, like, you want to show that you're a fan of something, but you know that people are all of a sudden going to be like, oh, yeah, well, what's your favorite album? Uh, oh, that one, really? And all of a sudden, like, they think they're better than you, so it's like you almost don't even want to talk about it with them because they take it so, yeah, yeah, mu- so yeah. much seriously. It's, it's, it's kind of what I got from, uh, from that track, too, so that was pretty relatable. But uh, there are a lot of tracks where it feels like there's this sort of, like, he speeds up his words and it doesn't really work within the rhythm. Yeah, you know? I felt like there was speed rapping for the sake of speed rapping at some points. Well, it, I I felt like it was speed rapping for the sake of like he didn't really think of how this beat would sound, and so he just wanted it, it, it. It's what I like when you first start rapping and you want to sound super lyrical. You just think, oh, if I just put on a whole bunch of words, and that'll sound cool, and you don't really think about how that would actually fit to a beat. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, there was that. Uh, I absolutely loved Spar. Yes, 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 yes. That's probably my favorite on the album. I literally just listened to Aquimini like last week. Right? Oh, really? Yeah, oh, and shit. I remember that that verse and being kind of like, "Wow, that is weird." You know what he's referring to, right? Uh, not offhand. I haven't listened to that album in a minute. So what he's referring to is uh, the song "Mamacita." Mm. In the Let's song Spar, by the way, it. he says how, like, Andre is his favorite rapper, and he goes on to be like, this is why I think he's, like, the best rapper that, like, I've listened to, and because I was such a big fan, it was like a slap in the face to hear him talk shit on black lesbians. You wide open, you start smoking with your girl, she nigga bashing, saying you don't need him in your world. Niggas is all dogs? Well, if niggas is all dogs, then what you call broads? Felines and heat, meowing for some yarn balls. Now you and her done got to drinking. Oh, now it's really crunk, cause y'all silly drunk. And your girl done got to thinking. She talking about, girl, you look so beautiful. You say thank you, being nice, uh, trying to change the subject. Want some beans and rice? But she's back at you like a pit, mixed with a chihuahua. How much meaner can it get? Don't let her have her way with you, cause she gonna have a fit. You're the candy apple of her eye, and about to get bit. Here's what you do. You grab her by the neck, throw her up against the wall. Say, bitch, don't ever disrespect me. Not at all. These simple words can put a pause to half of the applause. The black ball laws of balance at all costs. Oh, my God. That's really bad. Yeah, like, it's not direct. It's not like he's saying, oh, man, lesbians sure are the worst. But it is that sort of, like, oh, uh, a, a girl taking advantage uh, uh, what, what was it like so basically like it can be assumed that you're straight and uh, uh, lesbians are just trying to change you and turn you you know what I'm saying and it's that kind of bullshit that it's like you know per- perpetuated in culture but it's not like probably a very small margin of that shit actually happens. This fucking white kid in the fucking nerdcore rap scene calling out these fucking mainstream rappers like, holy shit. What, someone who... That's some balls right there. Oh yeah, and someone that most of the people at the time would consider to be like fucking one of the top guys too. 
Yeah, and this is like some guy, like, who the fuck is Johnny Five in 2001? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, who has he proved himself to? Besides and the robot. Going like, no. Yeah, and for him to go like, no, fuck that, I'm calling this guy out, you know? Yeah. It's like, really? Like, I, I, that literally threw me off. Like, I was like, wow, I was not expecting an album that was going to call out one of my favorite albums. Right. But for good reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, it's something we talk about a good bit, and I wasn't even aware of that line. And the annotations say, the 10th track of Equimini, Mamacita, is perceived to be severely homophobic. Eh, no, oh, it's pretty homophobic. Ah, uh, fucking Stan, <laughs> wanting to fucking apologize for him. Exactly. Stop. It's like, dude, I, I highly doubt he was thinking, Andre, when he wrote this verse, he was thinking, well, now, let's be fair, that this is not all of women, but there could be certain situations in which... No, no, no. Nah. <laughs> you fucking know that he was like, hey, yeah, you know, that's probably how women turn into lesbians, right? Because, you know, like, it's a cult of lesbianism <laughs> that people try to take you for, you know? Then we have The Last Straw, Part 2000. Yeah. Which I deeply enjoyed i hate that it took so um, long yeah it was like the first minute and a half was just like random people talking and yeah, like street like, noise i, I could have done without that i was almost about to skip it because i yeah. thought it was a skit and i was like oh it's just people like okay like i don't care <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i'm glad i didn't though yeah because when he goes in dude he fucking goes in yeah like i've never Heard a white dude so fucking woke in my life, like <laughs> back in two thousand one. That's very back in fucking two thousand one. Yeah, be- before all of these fucking internet trolls uh, concerned trolling about fucking issues now didn't know dick. You know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> Those motherfuckers were still discovering goddamn newgrounds and <sighs> lol to edgy humor. Yeah, this mm-hmm. motherfucker was calling that shit the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell me about nonviolence. Don't tell me about Martin Luther King. Don't tell me about due process. Don't tell me what songs to sing. And then he says, don't tell me about healing, staring at the ceiling, appealing to the most high. Don't tell me about dialogue. Don't tell me about both sides. Dude. Yeah. That fucking shit right there was just like, this is shit that people are like a lot of, you know, let me just say it. White people are just starting to understand. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. That the quote, 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 unquote, both sides argument is fucking flawed. You know what I mean? Yeah. He says, don't tell me about nonviolence. My great grandpa died in the Tulsa riots and it was violent. And it was twilight on the ground, uh, on the ground in the town where they killed everybody inside it and then denied it and tried to hide it. This is the sound of silence. I was like, holy fucking shit. Yeah. Who was bringing up the goddamn Tulsa riots in 2001? Yeah. At that point. I kind of got what you had sent me in that news article, which I didn't have time to read, unfortunately, despite it saying that I was going to read it right away. Uh, I was basically half asleep when I responded to that because I was trying to lay down for a nap because I, I was exhausted. Uh, I'm going to read this. Oh, boy. I'm going to read it so hard. I gotta... <laughs> <laughs> As one white rapper to another white rapper. <laughs> yeah. He's talking about, like, white privilege, too, is good in a way that it... Uh, that it brings up questions, I guess, but it doesn't really do much in the way of trying to help you answer them. Right. Like, it, uh, um, he made a point. He said, um, why, what, like, at the uh, MLK march that he was at last year, right, mm-hmm. they were having a chant, and it said, like, why was, uh, oh, my goodness. Wait, hold on. Let me go to the article. I, I think it was, like, oh, are, are you talking about Johnny Five or the part in the uh, Macklemore song? Johnny Five. Because I remember Macklemore was saying, like, 
yeah, pe- uh, people are chanting Black Lives Matter, but I feel like, you know, I can't chant along because I'm not black. Yeah, and it's like, there's, uh, and you know, sure, it's genuine. Maybe he genuinely feels this way, that he's like, yeah. doesn't know what to do. But the problem with that is, is that's only part of the conversation, and it doesn't really help the people who might really need to hear that, like, you know, they, they know that is supposed to help, but they don't know why. Yeah, especially for someone who has such an audience like Macklemore, like one of the bigger names in hip-hop, maybe not so much anymore, but at the time he was uh, got a little bit more attention. And if that's all you're fucking saying with your song, and the main takeaway is that you're kind of guilting your audience. Yeah. yeah, the main takeaway for him is that I feel bad for being white. I want to do something, but I feel bad because I'm white. And it's like, that doesn't help anyone. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like It's almost like know, he felt like and, and, people are going to ask me these questions. I better just answer these in a song. It's like, yeah, okay, but then what? Yeah, uh, so let me, let me read a piece of the article, right? Mm. Consider how Macklemore's self-doubt, anxieties, and personal experiences of critique manifest in the song as a barrage of unanswered questions. Should Macklemore have gone to Ferguson? Is it okay for white protesters to say black lives matter? Is white participation in hip-hop inherently exploitative? What constitutes pure intentions? Should white people ever speak? These sort of apprehensions about participation are no doubt familiar to anyone who has spent time in multiracial spaces. This paralyzing white angst is, without a doubt, authentic. But is it productive? My conclusion, after many years of wrestling with it, is no. It's good to be reflective. It's helpful to be humble. It's valuable to learn to listen. But fixating on questions of one's own okayness tends us tends to spiral us into a vortex. The white quest for validation creates a whirlpool of desperation and narcissism that drains energy from all involved. In movements, when we need to take up less space, we end up taking up far more. Now, perhaps a trip through the vortex is an inevitable rite of passage, but the pool is not the destination. The longer we wallow in the pool, the easier it is to forget the mission. Uh, the mission. The mission is not merely to acknowledge privilege. The mission is to dismantle structural racism. The mission is to show up for black lives. So that's his point. His point is that it's like it's a good step in the right direction, but I think the reason why people didn't connect with it is because it's so it was so muddled in what it wanted to say and it was more about white the uh, white people feeling bad than it was about hey here's why white people need to get involved yeah it really you know? did focus on the white privilege aspect and didn't really bring up any possible solutions it's like yeah that's one part of it but you know there's definitely more to it than that yeah, and so that's what this guy was kind of feeling about that, and I and I really like that he brought that up. It's unfortunate that that, that this article didn't get more eyes, but yeah, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, just the fact that this rapper is bringing up fucking the Tulsa race riots that is kind of like commendable just in of in and of itself. Yeah, and then and then he says, "Don't tell me about we shall overcome, pig, while you're holding a gun. Don't mm. tell me to turn the other cheek, you faker." Yeah. Like, I love that because there is the sort of sense of uh, the, a dominant culture to say, oh, you shouldn't use violence, nonviolence, nonviolence, it, you know, uh, finger wagging at a smaller uh, 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 at a smaller culture within a bigger culture that's trying to, you know, get a message heard. And you're telling them it's like, oh, but you shouldn't be using violence. Don't use violence. Remember, nonviolence. But it's like, OK, but, you know, why do cops have guns? 
They don't have co- uh, you know what I mean? No one has a rally to say, cops, you should be using nonviolence. No, because with cops, we understand inherently that, hey, sometimes violence needs to be used. No one questions that. But when it comes to people bucking back against the system, then we tell them not to use violence. I think people expect that police officers have the responsibility and know when to use it and when not to. But the problem is mm-hmm. they've displayed that they don't. So, like, ju- <laughs> just this week alone, there was a fucking I mean. teenager who was shot and killed for, for no good reason. Absolutely none. And it's like, so how can you defend that? It's impossible to defend that. And so, and he makes a point, says, don't tell me about nonviolence until bombs stop tro- dropping on Caribbean islands. Yeah. Like, <laughs> specifically, like, he says, how, like, how can an American, how can people from the dominant culture of a group especially in America, tell other people you should not be doing uh, doing violence when you're in uh, when you want to protest against the system when the system literally perpetuates violence in other places. Yeah, it, it's anyone who's a self-professed patriot and talks about how terrible ISIS is but doesn't realize that our fucking trading of arms and our involvement over there is what started that shit in the first place. You can't just be like you can't finger wave ISIS and then not look at you know the root cause you know, it's like you got to do yeah, both. Look at the hypocrisy of it. Yeah. Like just the fact that uh, I think it's Wahhab- Wahhabism, the extremist uh, Muslim sect that's really taken root in uh, Middle Eastern countries. That was kind of partially America's fault. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Because because we thought that we could have a better ally in uh, uh, Saudi Arabia and all of these countries if we uh, gave them the uh, if we gave them their own version of conservatism, which uh, their own religious conservatism, uh, which we have here. Exactly. Yeah. Because originally, yeah, these Middle Eastern countries were a lot more secular. But around, like, it was either the 50s or the 80s, uh, it started to become a lot more fundamentally religious. Okay. And that's when these problems started really arising. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was us putting people in place that would be more religious because we assumed that if they were more religious, they would be just like us. And they were like, oh, wait a minute. What are we like again? <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Wait, we're really fucking violent. <laughs> what do we end up doing? Oh, yeah. There's that sort of like, I, I love that he's calling out the hypocrisy of this. And it, it, it's really cool. But unfortunately, I feel like it's going to be really hard to get people into this album, especially like the average person, because it is kind of a, it's a rough listen. It is a rough listen, but at the same time, it doesn't feel dated. Like, the messages on this album, even though they're 16 years old, still easily apply to today. It's it's good, and the messages are great. Really unexpected, like, for just this era of hip-hop. But at the same time, it's like, it's kind of hard to get into because of his flow. And because yeah. of the beats. Excuse me. Um, because they sound, they sound, it just sounds jumbled. Yeah. Um... And I would actually, I, that's why I would say Flowbots actually feels like a, uh, uh, a, a, a step a step forward. Because when you hear that the, the song Handlebars, it sounds a lot more structured. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. And this album will just like give you different choruses just randomly. Like, shit will just happen in these fucking songs. It, it reminded me a good bit of the Logic album, but I don't have nearly as many complaints. I was going to say, I mean, you almost kind of give Johnny Five and Yak a pass. Not necessarily in a, pa- a pass, but an asterisk of, like, you know, they are an independent thing at the time. So they may not have had the same help. But I think with what they had, I think they did 
you know, a fair enough job. I wasn't distracted enough by that. I was mostly distracted by his flow. That was where I think uh, he hurt the most. Um, and uh, for that, you know, at times of the album, I was thinking, like, maybe close to a four, but I, I think realistically, I'd probably give this, like, a 3.75. Like, I recommend it, and I think people need to check it out, because it's, you know, I, I think... I think it handles the conscious rap thing really well, and I think people would be impressed by how long ago it was, because I definitely was, Yeah. but I don't think that you'd be listening to it again. You know, like, it's good once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would actually say the exact same thing, actually, uh, 3.75. Um, yeah, I feel you on that. Oh my god, I'm just looking at everybody, uh, Logic's album, everybody. Uh, everybody, excuse me. Everybody cool. Everybody people. Oh, God. Oh. Uh, but the genre, it says for this album, is conscious hip-hop. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, the, the only messages I got from the Logic album were, or at least the only lasting ones were, you know, just don't kill people. You know, like, but even in the context of the song, it was kind of mishandled because it was that song yeah. about, you know, not focusing on, you know, the aspects of the shooter, but let's just focus on the shooter as a shooter. It's like, mm, it doesn't always work like that. But like yeah. that, like uh, that, that almost says that like hate crime can't be a thing. You know, it's like yeah, exactly. that just basically says, you know, any human killing another human is equally bad, regardless of what the, the motive was. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, it's always bad. You know, there is no justifying murder. It's like, but some people do it because, like, hey, this person owes me money, right. so I'm going to kill him. They have reasons, yeah. And some people do it because that's a black guy. I've been trained in my life to hate black people. I'm going to take my revenge out on him. You know what I mean? And we've that's been hearing different. a lot about that lately, unfortunately. Yeah. But then the um, other one was, no, uh, no. don't run away from Trump. We need black people to run against him. And yeah. I thought that was a great message. But that was like in a sea of repetition and shit I just didn't really care about. Like, there wasn't nearly enough Literally to keep me. Literally a chorus where he says, everything I say is real as shit. Ugh. I am so cool. I'm so conscious hip-hop, bro. You know, I will say that fucking part has got stuck in my head, but it's not good. Like, it's just kind of catchy. But it's not, it doesn't work as conscious hip-hop, is that what it's saying? It's like, nobody fucking pats themselves on the back, and then has the fucking slob on my knob shit. Is that a conscious hip-hop, that track? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, conscious hip-hop, tell your bitch to slob on my knob, mmm, that's a pat good conscious hip-hop for you. Then patting yourself on the back, oh, we're definitely putting that in. That's definitely <laughs> conscious hip-hop. That fits the mold. Uh, <sighs> but, uh, so... Yeah, on this song, and I want to make a point, like, you know, I'm not saying, like, oh, no, there should be violence, that's exactly what we need. No, uh, you know, that song where he says, don't tell me about non-violence, right. this is happening. Like, I'm not necessarily saying, yep, have all the violence, let's do all the violence. That's the only no, answer, saying, yeah, no. Yeah, let's look at the hypocrisy of us, you know, wanting to tell people when they want to buck back against the system to not be violent, but when we're fighting other countries, oh, it's okay for us to be violent now. Yeah, You know what I mean? right. Well, that about wraps it up for this week's episode of the Going Off Podcast. I apologize if anyone was a little put off by uh, me sounding a little under the weather. Maybe people didn't notice as at much as I did. But regardless, um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, if this is your first time checking us out, uh, you can check out all our old episodes on SoundCloud. 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 Jeez, going back to full circle. 
Look, SoundCloud porn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, subscribe to our show on iTunes. That's the easiest way to get all the episodes uh, as soon as they come out. And uh, then they're posted on YouTube every Saturday morning, uh, if that's easier for you. But until next week, I'm Muse. And I'm Rap Critic, and it's pronounced Imger. Imger.com, goddammit. What about G-I-F? That's a GIF. Okay, I, I, I was seeing where you were on that, because I'm team GIF, too. I've heard a lot of people yeah. say that that's bullshit. Even though the creator has said it's supposed to be pronounced that way, people are like, nah, it's GIF. Yeah, because, like, image. That's where these things are coming from. Yeah. Okay. And and that that soft G sound is where this comes from. So imger. Mm-hmm. Not imger. Oh my god. Oh, all right, let's end it. <laughs> all right, man.